Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to part two of Off The Beat and Track podcast with Dean Chalkley. I'm not going to go through... Uh, all the thank yous and, 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 and pre-show waffle that I do uh, on all the other ones because you've had that already at the beginning of part one. So we're going to drop straight back in. Please enjoy part two of Off The Beaten Track podcast with the super Dean Chalkley. It's Off The Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Well... I mean, just before we move on to uh, the, the, the first record you remember buying, I, um, I just want to ask you, are you fan school? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I mean, so our school, our school was like, um, it was, yeah, it was like a boys' school. In know, South End, yeah? In South End, yeah, yeah. And um, it was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it was a bit of a rough school, really, you know. In the in the in the road where we were, there were there was a school. If you were really kind of clever, you went to. The, you might have gone to that one. I no, think no. Which one? No, which one did you go to? Oh, oh, you to I wasn't in South End. I, I was oh, at, I was out okay. in Grays. God. Oh, oh okay. I mean, well, I'm so, in a right rough bit. I am, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Grays, yeah. Um, no, so there, there were there were three schools in one road, and so there was moderate amount of antagon, antagonism between all three, and we. Our school was the one where when you failed the 11 plus, that's where you went. And so, but I've got to tell you, it was, it was, a, it was a good school uh, insofar as it, it, what it lacked in academia and all of that, uh, it made up for in its uh, enabling you to, to have some sort of like street knowledge insofar as you got an understanding of how things worked really, you know, in that way. And so... So I think it prepared me and like, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the, when I went there, you know, there was other kids that I would see going around, whether it's around town or even in in school that were into the mod thing. And so I started to think, oh, that's interesting and that. And then as I, as I went through the school years, I got more and more into clothes and, and going to junk markets and buying records. But there was, yeah, I'm sure everyone who's of a certain age would say this, you know, this is times before the internet. So, so you're really kind of having this tapestry of 
knowledge which not is not exact it's not like you've looked it up and it's like where do i get winkle picker shoes from oh they're from here it's it's oh i've seen them in a shop down your road uh but it seems like teddy boy teddy boys go there so i'm not sure they are really what mods would wear yeah and then and then they go oh well maybe they are and then or you might just jump on the train i would go up to london occasionally with with mates we'd just jump on a train and go up to Carnaby Street and hang around and then we'd get fanzines you know and fanzines would be real the real communication of what was going on and and you know going back to Beat Surrender if you look at the lyrics of that song and that's what I was going to come back to is that it gives you it's a feeling of like self-confidence dignity um, confidence in yourself and the kind of thing of saying stick to your guns because if you if you're true to yourself, other ones will come. You're, you know, in other words, you'll you'll. It's like collective individualism. Yeah. So you will find other people of your uh, kin in that way. So don't necessarily just capitulate to everyone else's uh, whatever. But the, the, honestly, you, you you read these lyrics. You know, the, it, they're they're really good. It's, seize the young determination. You know. Um, Show the fakers you ain't fooling. You know, all of this stuff is strong stuff. Yeah. And this this is strong stuff. So this is when I was in the third of coming into the fourth year or something, you know, of of, of school. So yeah. yeah. But but I mean honestly, so Form, the, yeah, the formative school. times as well, you know, for a young yeah, yeah. lad. And like and to yeah. you know, to have somebody, you know, like like Weller, you know, talking like that, you know, it's that's 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 powerful stuff. And he looked great. At a time at the time, I think he you know, he's always had a good Always had a good barnet, yeah. you know. He's always he's always had a good haircut, and um, but I just think it, it, yeah, at that time it was all coming together, and there was also a more soulful side to it as well. Definitely. And it was expansive because that you know I've got it I've got it here. This is not going to make great radio, but I'm holding up the EP <laughs> there, and yeah. it's got two two discs, right? And so he did a version of Move On Up, which I still think is a is a good version. Is that the live version? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Um, is it live? It's kind of fast. Yeah, is it actually live. I'm not sure, but anyway. Um, but anyway, it's it's a it, it that's really good. And it's got horns on it. You know, it's got backing singers. So it's more expansive. It's got effects on on it as well. You know, there's there's a lot of this stuff coming in the production. You of can it see as the well. writings on the wall. Really, the style yeah. cancels not too far away. Yeah. Is it? To call it Beat Surrender as yeah. well. I mean, you know, I think it, it yeah, it's potentially referring to uh, some other literature, but it's it's like, well, it feels like the 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 the, the winds of change really. And uh, I think was it uh, was it um, Bitterest Pill was the one, the one after that. Yeah, and that was it. Well, I think. Yeah. So. Um, and again, a really soulful sounding record. Yeah, really a great great record. But that, that's the thing. So. If, I, I just think it gave, it gave me this sort of feeling of uh, around that time as well. I was starting to piece, really piece it all together how it, how everything fitted together. So you understood through oh, there was a magazine called um, the History of Rock as well that would give you little tidbits into how bands would progress. And it was quite it's quite a muso sort of uh, magazine as well. Yeah, History of Rock. Yeah, and. Um, but it kind of enabled you to see how it actually all fitted together and where you stood within that. And also, 
a lot of the, the music did stand for stuff and how you dressed, how you presented yourself was a reflection of what was in from within you 100%. as well. And, and this is not just like, oh, I'm going to go and buy, buy something to, to, to look good because by putting that on, you are very much putting, a, putting yourself, you're saying, this is who I am. And to certain people, they're not going to like that. And at, uh, even at 100 metres, they'll recognise the fact that you're not like them and they will want to come and get you. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and so this, is, this uh, definitely gives you a perspective. and it's character you're, building. You're, you're, well, you're standing up for something that you feel strongly yeah. about, which, which I, I believe, listening to Paul Weller, is like a gateway into understanding how... Uh, unity and equality works as well. It's not the absolute, of course, but it's saying, look, there is another way we're bringing into the, these influences. If you like this, then go and find more. And then before you know it, you're listening to all sorts of other music. You're listening yeah. to Lonnie Liston Smith, you know, some expansions, jazz track. You know, then, then I started to, I mean, it, it comes all later. It's another question, but people like Snowboy and things in Southend, uh, in the Essex area, definitely had a kind of effect of expanding people's minds through music, yeah. I believe. So, well, before we move on to yeah. uh, track four, you can also uh, listen to an episode with Snowboy. I think Snowboy was one of the first guests I've had on this podcast. So uh, if you want to go back about 200 episodes, you will find my chat with, with Snowboy. And, uh, and I'm sure you get a, a, a few mentions on that as well, Dean. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> for track four, Dean... The first song that you remember buying from a record shop? Yeah. <laughs> so it was One Step Beyond. Great record. By, by, by Madness. But it was a mistake. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, it was a mistake. So, so I went into... Uh, there's a, there used to be a record shop in Queen's Road in Southend called Golden Disc. Mm -hmm. And originally it was halfway up Queen's Road. So in other words, a little bit out of town. Yep. Right, a little bit away from the town. Mm -hmm. uh, late, later on, they, they relocated a little bit closer to the town on the same road. But anyway, this original shop. Um, so I went in there, and I, I, re I remember it well. I went in there. Harold Butcher. That record came out in 79. Yeah. So I would have been 11. I would have been 11. It would have been at the end of 79 ish sort of time. Um, but. And, and I think I probably would have bought a few records before that for their covers, mm -hmm. but hated the music. I do remember buying one, and it must have been something like a, some sort of crass punk one or something. I'm not sure. But it had a pretty elaborate drawn cover, and, and I, but I remember getting home and feeling like, oh, no, this is <laughs> rubbish. I don't like it at all. What, I've just wasted my... 50p pocket money, yeah. you know what I mean? Whatever it was, and scraped together this thing because, I, for whatever reason, I found myself going into that record shop and just loving it in there as well, listening to music and just looking. Because the thing is, you could hang out in those record shops just looking through stuff at the covers yeah. and listening to the music that's playing. And you might spend the whole Saturday afternoon in there and you have only, you've not even bought anything, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like going to a library, and a lot, a, that's, the, that's why people sometimes undervalue libraries that you can just go in there and just you find yourself into another uh, a totally another topic but yeah so so I would have bought a couple of those records beforehand that I didn't like that I can't even remember I've erased them from my memory but but this one I went in there and I remember singing it to the 
to the uh, man, woman, I can't remember who it was behind the counter. I sung it to them and they went, oh yeah, okay. And they gave me the record. I got home and it was the wrong record because I was actually after the prince, as it turns out. Right. And, but they gave me one step beyond. And, so, and I was like, this ain't a record. <laughs> I couldn't take it back. Uh, you know, there is this thing, isn't it? it does, there is a kind of, uh, particularly when you're, you're young, you know, and, and you're in a record shop, there is, a, there is this feeling of like, oh, you know, it's a bit like the scene from Oliver where he goes up with a bowl to ask for more. You know, you, you feel like very much <laughs> not on worthy the, uh, on the back foot. <laughs> you know? uh, and I couldn't have taken it back. I would have thought too much of an idiot. So that was, Prince was the first single, wasn't it? And so One Step Beyond probably would have yeah. been a follow-up, wouldn't it? I reckon they just bought it out. Mm. They must have just bought One Step Beyond out. And, uh, you know, I, I was probably, I, I was after the Prince. <laughs> so. Just, you know, what, what you said about uh, Adam Ann and, you know, just seeing him on TV and the visuals, uh, you know, madness get spoken about a hell of a lot on this podcast. Um, so many, as did the jam, you know, yeah. them two bands, for people of a certain age, that yeah. it's impossible to, and Adam Ant, to, to overlook mm. the impact mm. of those three artists. Right, right. And I think... Uh, funnily enough, Chrissy Boy from Madness is the guest next on next week's episode. Um, but I think there's something really visual about Madness, and I think it was the videos that that done that. When you see a yeah. Madness video, you know, as a young lad, it was brilliant. They looked like yeah. naughty boys, and it was like this is brilliant. It was, yeah. you know, cartoon esque in its, you know, it was all like just hijinks you know and yeah. from the nutty boys and it was yeah. like what more did a young lad want well i know but the, but also it did kind of um reminded me that i used to go to i think it was on a wednesday night or something there was a a club at annabella's which was in the precinct of south end and that was a midweek disco and they would play uh that there, they'd play all madness stuff there, and and you'd get definitely the lads would be doing the dance, yeah, you know what I mean, and all that sort of thing. And uh, but I have to say that it did it did kind of um, diverge a little bit because madness definitely went off, felt like it was being more into more sort of skinhead sort of world in that way rather than I think originally it would you would have got. Like more mods going to you know you'd get mods and skinheads going to the same gigs and stuff and I, I think Eddie Pillars talked about this before as well that there was a time where he had to stop going to madness gigs because for a mod to go to a madness gig it was not not a particularly good idea because yeah. you, it's just Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's just going to be too, too much aggravation going on. You know? uh, uh, quite weirdly, though, like madness kind of left that behind quite quickly, didn't they? I think, you know, by album, maybe three. Mm. You know, yeah. I think they'd become... I guess what I suppose you'd call a pop band, really. But yeah, you know, and, and take nothing away from them. I think there's some of the, I think Madness have penned some of the greatest you know pop records ever. Uh, yeah. And I think you know I've mentioned it before, but you know, you know, like Weller did. You know, I think you know you listen to you listen to something like Embarrassment. You know, that's yeah. that's social commentary right there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and you know, and that's that's quite brave for a band that probably had quite a heavy following of people that were. You know, fame. You know, right wing, and yeah. you know, madness completely bucked that. As did the specials, and so many bands. You know, would would you know actively go? This ain't for you. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah I, I think madness are, 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 are you know massively underrated. I think they're well, uh, incredible well, band. Well, cer- certainly when when all those bands like yeah, whether it was madness, the selector, you know, the beat, uh, all the t- you know two tone. Two, I think you know yeah. madness is first. Record was put out on two time, wasn't it? Was yeah, and so there was definitely a, a, a big old movement. And but as you say, yeah, by by the time Madness had got to My Girl, and that was very a very much like a big pop yeah. tune, wasn't it? But it was still Madness. You yeah, know, it still they still still retained their thing, and they still they still doing gigs and they still doing loads of stuff. Mm. Mm. So yeah. yeah, right. Where are we at? Track five. Oh, I'll tell you what. Before we get to track five, just one, oh, yeah. one, one more point on, on on record shops. Like moving on from like you know that those formative years of going to Golden Disc and the you know the the, the, the you know the, the the record shops going and buying you know what, whatever was you know happening in the charts and um, you know whatever kind of youth movement you was you know you was you was excited by. And as you've got older, have you sort of maintained a, a a healthy relationship with record shops. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so I live in uh, North London now, and there's a, a record shop up here called Allen's Records, which is up in East Finchley, and I go there a lot, you know. And I, I, I love doing the same thing. Just it's an education, just being there. Now, whether it's a case of people su- suggesting records you know you might go oh you know uh, these ones have come in you might like this one or that one da, da, da. Uh, or you just you go in there and you might chat to another customer there's a, there's a, guy, a guy there called neo that I, that I speak to but he's he's really big on the sort of more disco side of it and i'm like oh you know 
you got anything that, you know anything that you know that they that Alan's got in here that might be a bit more like you know kind of Studio Fifty Four meets a bit like Paradise Garage, you know, but with a bit. And he's like, mm, "What you want is this one," <laughs> and he'll pull it out and you go, "Oh, oh my wow, okay, nice." <laughs> and so that's like your your client. You know, if you own a record shop, I guess that's the thing. Is like your clients are informing other people, and and so. But I'll go in there often and I'll put on a few tunes and stuff and Alan's like oh yeah good playlist today you know so even people who come in they're in there for different things people are just walking around you know maybe they're looking at you know Pink Floyd tracks maybe they don't want to hear a a kind of Northern Soul track but or a jazz track or something but you know it's it it all adds it all adds to the flavour of it and um, this yeah I I really do like uh, Carmel Records in Southend is another one spent a lot of time in um, over the years um, you know, a, a great musical education, which leads to other things. It leads to perspective on the world through music. Um, that's, you know, that's at the root of it all. That's that's it, man. It's like, and going back to Snowboy, so in Carmel Records, often same thing happens where, you know, I'll go in there, there might be people in there that I've known for years that will be in there. It's a bit like a social club, even though it's a very small shop going there and then um i mean one one time i I said to snowboy oh you know so so what you know in the kind of like jazz dance tip have you got any things that paul might have in here that you think i'll like and then he just pulls out a few albums well this is a good one that track on that one you would never have found that if you i mean you might have if you'd spent a month of sundays in there going through every single record but it's nice to have a little bit of a pointer and then, yeah, you get the album, and you, you get it home, and you might go, actually, I, I, yeah, I love that. But at the same time, I really like this other one that's on the album. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. And then, then you're finding, you're finding it through through that thing. You know, it gives, it's just giving you a perspective. So I, I love record shops. And funny enough, the the track that you're going to talk about, that we're going to talk about next, also comes from a, a, a record shop as well. <laughs> and we've. I can tell you about it. Well, that song is the song that soundtracked your years in Clubland, Dean. Yeah. Well, this is me taking liberties with your question again. Uh, I mean, Stu, when I when I saw that, I just thought, okay, where where, where yeah. did you hear this? And, yeah. Uh, so 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 this is a this is a uh, this is a rec- so the record so the a song from the clubbing years, which I'm taking liberty with your question, is Johnny Sales. I can never get uh, enough of your love. Right? And that was a, a track that was made in 1967. And it's a big, chunky, absolutely brilliant soul record. I love, really love soul records. And this is typifies the sort of sound I like. It's, it's pretty hard. It's so soulful. Uh, Johnny's voice in it is really rasping. Raw. Yeah. raw, really. And it's a great dancing record. This is a great dancing record. Do you like to but, dance, Dean? I love I love to dance. I I love to dance. That sounds like an advert, doesn't it? For it sounds like an advert for a perfume. I can't remember which one it was now. I think it was like Nicole Kidman saying, "I'm a dancer. I love to dance." Anyway, but I'm not, you know. But what I'm saying is, I do love to dance. I think it's a great form of expression. And uh, um, but the thing is, so this rec- this re- record from my clubbing years. I'm still in my clubbing years. So the the point is, I bought this record from Soul Mine Records in Aldershot, right? And I've not played it yet, but I can't wait to play this in a 
post-lockdown situation to an audience. As a DJ, right, this got you. This is the future. Right. This is the, my, what I'm saying is that there's, there's so many tracks that I, that I think represent uh, the historic years of different sort of clubs that I would have gone to. So I've gone like, whether it's from soul, northern soul, mod clubs, R&B, house, acid house, jazz. But when you, when you ask that question, I was like, do you know what? I think it's like the optimism of the ode to clubbing. And that's what this record represents to me. This, I can't wait to play. This is going to be the new phase. This is, the ne- this is my favourite clubbing track of the next phase that I've not even entered yet. So this is expansion. <laughs> I, li- I like what you've done there, Dean Chalkley. Very, very <laughs> clever, mate. Um, I mean, it's going to be good, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a DJ in a club that probably a lot of your early clubbing would have been done in. Yep. Um, and, oh, the thought of playing records to people that can dance together, yeah. hug together, drink together, oh, yeah. it's going to yeah. be good, isn't it? Well, th- this track starts off with, your lips are made for kissing, you know? And, you know, it's like the moment we can all embrace each other, yeah. have that collective moment. Um, just kind of fast-forwarding a little bit, funny enough, there's there's a charity uh, called... Uh, well, the, so it's called Stagehands, right, is the charity. But what online what they're doing is they're doing this thing, it's called uh, Prints uh, for Music. And so they've got, like, over 100 uh, photograph, photographic uh, prints. Uh, sorry, there's a ho- over 100 photographs that are going to be, you know, will be printed. People can buy them for a, for a period of time and all the money goes to the charity Stagehand, which is for uh, people who work in production for um, for music because, you know, so many people in the, the, the music production world, their lives have been devastated this year, obviously. But the picture that I submitted for that is called Escapism. So if, if, if people go on to, um, you know, printsformusic.com, they'll see and there's some fantastic pictures there if you I mean particularly if you like certain artists you'll there's, there's people like David Bowie pictures of David Bowie on there all sorts of stuff you can buy for yourself and the money goes to charity but the one that I submitted for it I felt was like a universal moment and it's it's I call it escapism I'm not actually kind of telling people what the gig is but if you look at the picture and it seems to be quite a popular one on there you know because I mean they've raised over 70 grand now for this wow, charity amazing and um, but but the, this particular picture is a vast crowd, and then above it is all this sort of confetti. But it looks like the crowd have ascended, you know. And that is the moment. That's the escapism of the moment itself. Yeah. When you transcend, you're in this uh, this absolute moment of of ecstasy at a gig, you know. Yeah. And you're you're loving this moment. And going back to the place where uh, you know you you hang out, Stu. You know, I mean the. the that particular venue has had so many uh, great musical acts, uh, artists, I say mm. acts, that sounds like it's false, it's not. Um, but, uh, you know, so many bands that, that have played there that have uh, inspired so many in in what is potentially a, a, a kind of quiet town, really. You know, massively, Brady, massively. It's great. Well, let's take so, you home. Let's take you home for track six. <laughs> a favourite song from an artiste oh. from your home county, please, Dean. Oh, well, 
uh, you see, whenever whenever I'm answering these questions, I'm almost giving you another question back. And but, so when I started to think about this, I think this is the thing about lockdown. You see, it's given me time to uh, reflect on these questions, Stu. You know that this is not instant coffee I'm giving you. This is full, <laughs> I mean, full fat, full grown <laughs> arabica beans sort of style oh, answers. And so, 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 what I thought would this? There's a lot of tracks that you know. I've, first one that sprung to mind I was like right is it Roxette by Dr Feelgood you know that's that's an important record for the area but but you know it is it is a fantastic record and uh Dr Feelgood had a profound effect on um on the area musically uh Essex we should say it's Essex that we're talking about Mm -hmm. um and then there's lots there's lots of other lots of other bands but I it kind of I, I kind of thought, right, it's it's got to be it's got to be a connection to the the club junk club that was um, in Southend, and the 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 form the formative people in that was uh, Kieran O'Shea, Oliver Abbott, and Reese Webb. Uh, they're they're the three people that originally started junk club up, mm-hmm. and out of that came a lot of bands. And a whole scene that then grew way out of the subterranean, gritty basement of, uh, you know, the the Royal Hotel in Southend, and also the Cobham Lodge. They did one there as well. But it was an underground, gritty scene, and it grew and grew and grew. And out of that, uh, uh, the Horrors, the band, the Horrors, got together, formed Reese being one of them, and they produced some some great great music they exploded onto the scene their gigs were absolutely riotous you know and um the the, the style the uh the, the fashion the energy and bands like these new puritans as well ipso uh, facto ipso facto neil's uh, children Richard, neil's children well neil's children yeah they, they weren't they from south end were they no but they but they came into it and because mm. they, would, they would put bands on like no bra for example mm. um and uh, but there was like affiliated, uh, you know, the Violets as well, affiliated bands that all came into this scene, and it attracted people even from uh, like Hedy Slimane from uh, Dior was highly influenced by what he saw coming out of that little club in Southend, a collection of the the kind of outsiders of the area that would go there for this once again collective individualism, you know, people migrating together because they're all different but they're they're feeling like this is a place they can feel safe and express themselves and have a good time as well it, and uh, go on sorry then carry on sorry oh no 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 so so um and it's and it's going against the grain it's going against the what at that time it would have been kind of like mid uh sorry it have been like early-ish 2000s you know into the mid 2000s and um there was a, I think in dance music, it had sort of plateaued by that time, and bands like the the White Stripes and Libertines and Strokes had were become were, were become much more dominant then by that time. But I think when junk sort of came up through that that wave, that early two thousands period, and um, but then the Horrors formed, and they did some some gigs. But the track that I actually picked was a track called Still Life because. It's an epic sound, and it's it's a sound that's not really like 
the horrors started out with mm-hmm. at that time. But it's almost like a graduation into something else. It's a, a, a much more lush production. So it's almost like a, gra- a graduation. That's, that's the way I kind of uh, definitely I- imagine it. And, um, yeah, so I thought about it. There's, there's, there's so many tracks that, 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 that feel like the energy of, of that club. But I think if I'm really being honest and thinking, OK, what is the, 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 best, the best track? It would probably be something like that. But there's lots of, others, there's lots of others, uh, other bands and stuff that could be in that. I mean, these new Puritans, I love these new Puritans. And, and there's a, an, another guy, Mickey Jupp, as well, which is, he's not connected to that scene at all, I should hasten to add. But he did a track called The City, which was also, in my mind, a, a contender. But it's got to be... Uh, it's got to be something that that connects up with with junk i ended up doing because i was so taken by that well t- just uh, just go back so i've heard this story but i i want i want the listeners of um off the beaten track to 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 hear it because i, I love the fact how you happen to come about walking through the doors of that venue yeah well it comes back to that you know we were talking about that yeah. shop projection and nasty uh which is the location of it uh, the, the, the shop that we're talking about uh, was was right next to the railway. Um, it's the railway hotel because there's two railways in Southend, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the one near the central station. It's the railway hotel, I think, um, not the railway tavern. So, um, so I'd all, uh, by that by this by the time we're talking about now, I'd, I'd moved to London and I went I went back to to Southend with. Um, my girlfriend and we was we were doing a bit of shopping and we went into this this shop that, that historically used to be projection then it turned into nasty then it just turned into this other little boutique kind of shop and so we was in there and my girlfriend was trying on some clothes and things and while she was doing that i, I just picked up some of the flyers that people would, would you know had left there and i looked at it and i was like oh this looks interesting and i showed it to amanda and she was like yeah 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 it's, this looks good and so we, we were going to meet up with some friends of ours that night and we met up with them and we was like oh this looks good doesn't it should we go there and they're like no oh, no we don't want to go there we you know it's no 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 and so amanda and me were like no 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 we're going to go there we so we said we'll see we'll see you a lot later we're just going to go down there and that's the first time that we ever got down to junk and so we walked, it was in the basement of the royal um royal hotel and it's it's it's. I mean, it's, the, the toothbrush is pretty grotty, but yeah, I mean, the, was, the, the yeah. basement of the royal would regularly flood as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to 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 illustrate it for the listeners, it's like this: all the walls are painted black. Uh, the floor is kind of like concrete, yeah. but but it's got like this sort of water stroke mud on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> which probably, as you say, has come from these the toilets, most probably. Yep. But you, uh, or it might be spilt beer, but not quite sure. I'll probably go for the uh, the first one. Yeah, um, it's maybe there's a UV light. There could be a bit of a strobe light going on, but not much else light going on. Floor to ceiling, um, maybe seven foot. Yeah, if you're tall, you're having to like. Yeah. Kind of, you're conscious that you're particularly if you've got tall hair. There's yeah. a few people like Faris, for example. Yeah. He's a tall guy. <laughs> if he's got big hair, he's going to be touching the ceiling. Um, and the people dressed in the most, like, uh, it was it was a time where they'd probably be influenced by electro clash, punk, um, 
but but that's not to say it stopped there. There was all lots of different influences, lots of lots of different people getting down there. And you know, um, you might see like a skinhead down there. Uh, you might see people with fingerless neon gloves on, braces, but also the 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 kind of look was also very pointed shoes, very very tight trousers, a jacket, a blazer jacket that would have been a bit short in the sleeves, hair maybe a coal eye makeup for the guys, and you know this sort of real kind of goth look in a way, but that's not to say it was all like that. Everyone had their own look, and each week would interpret it in a different way as well. 100%. So, and, and so through its course there, it really, uh, you know, I, we went down that night and was like, oh, my God, this is really great. And we got speaking to people, everyone really friendly, and but really having a good time. Everyone was having a good time there. And the music was really loud, you know, and it was, it just felt like press the reset button. This is not highly produced night or anything like that this is not ritzy disco this is the real deal this is stripping it right back with a raffle with a raffle which which we actually amanda won (laughs) i can't believe yeah so so we won a couple of 45s and uh i think that's how we first got speaking to reese when i when i had to go i had to go and get the prize so i was like oh no okay so um but but then through that through that conversation i just thought it just feels there's something inside of me here. I cannot let this go because this feels crucial. This is a moment. This is something that is, uh, this is a reaction to st- something. So we've got to, we've got to, you know, I've got to document this. And so I, I, I kind of started to talk to people and then um, I started to take photographs of people in the club. But also I would then like, ask people if I can come back to their places and photograph them at their homes and wherever they lived and things like this. So, and then I, I created um, an exhibition called Southends Underground and I presented that in um, in London at what was called the Spitz Gallery mm-hmm. in Spitterfields and then did a series of gigs there as well, like three nights uh, with sort of nine bands, nine DJs, one of which was the Horrors actually. So that was one of the horrors' first gigs in London, and because they just formed then. And on the last day, the last day of the exhibition was a Sunday, and I think on the Saturday they called it time on the club. They basically stopped it there and then because it felt. I think they felt they were like, let's stop it while it's going yeah. well. And the feeling was that people were kind of potentially going to be moving out and things like this so rather than just let it decline let's just stop it and i think in 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 time they've done a couple of others a couple of revisits you know and things but but that's effectively when it kind of um stopped being a club but it really was great and and um yeah i mean it was just a for for, for somebody that was you know who, who makes their living putting on you know hopefully interesting alternative events in in you know in Essex I saw the when I saw the photograph of the three lads I think Ollie's wearing a top hat did you take that photo oh quite possibly I can't remember I can't remember well, kind of got their arms around each other I think okay. uh yeah Kieran Reese and, and and Ollie and I remember just looking at that and just I felt so old-fashioned and out of date and I just thought <laughs> that's where it's at isn't it yeah. And like, and and it, it you know, burnt so bright. And then obviously, what a smart move to go right. Look, we're killing it 
on to the next thing. Let's leave that where it is, and yeah. and it will be remembered. And yeah. you know, twenty years time, Dean yeah. Chalkley and Stuart Whiffin will be infusing about what an incredible thing it was on well, podcasts. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, images from that um, that body of work have been exhibited over in Argentina. It's globally, you know, globally. Now people recognise it, and people will come back to it. And that's the thing about that is the thing about photography as well is that when you're in the moment, you're doing it, and it's perceived in the now, in the moment, very immediate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in time, those images have different significances and different. Um, you'll you'll be looking at different things as well, whether it's the, the way people are dressing, behaving, who they are, where it is, because things things change and things get knocked down i mean the, the 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 place itself is still there it closed for a long time the the royal yeah hotel yeah. It, it closed for a long time but it has opened up again but i don't think there's any clubs down there anymore the the, the cool kids club started there which was another yeah. huge huge club event wasn't it that that, that yeah. went on to kind of dominate the south End club scene for, for quite a long time well george george smith who was one of the mm-hmm. organizers of that he used to he's in the uh, South End's Underground exhibition. George, mm. I, mean, I mean, I know his dad. So his dad, <laughs> his dad used to put on clubs uh, in South End, um, one of which was called Red. Uh, a brilliant, and he would he would get DJs down to South End like Dean Thatcher, all the boys' own DJs. Uh, a, lot, a lot of that would be going on in the house sense. So, so there is a heritage into that as well. Funnily, you know, it's funny. And George now manages uh, musicians. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's 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 definitely sort of part of a management company and all that sort of stuff. He's still keeping his hand in. So that kind of just shows you that I think that Southend not not only has got a really good, there is a music scene that it's produced itself, but I think the crucial thing about Southend is that it appreciates music, and it becomes a place for music, not necessarily the bands themselves, because the. the you know, with the obvious exceptions of what I said, like the horrors, the Disney Puritans, Dr. Feelgood, Mickey Chubb, all those sort of people, they're, they're, they're obvious bands that have made it through into a, into a public consciousness. But, but the venues, the, the appreciation of music in itself, people's record collections, there's so many people down in that area that have got the most incredible record collections that, that now we're in this, this age where like we are doing now, this is almost like a deconstruction moment. We're, we are talking on a podcast. This is, this is very much of now as well. The proliferation of, record, uh, of radio stations in a digital sense is enabling people to express themselves through music like that. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of people down in, in that area, like um, Sean Moriarty, for example, has got a brilliant reggae uh, collection. Um, there's... Mikey Soul, he does things. Esther, she does stuff. The, the, it's it's really. Uh, I just I just feel that there's so there's such an appreciation and love of music and the culture that it um, develops. Well, that 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 is harboured down there, you know. Well, before we get on to the last track, tell me about the badge. Mm. So the badge, what a waste is this badge here. Mm-hmm. Is um, so there's, they're called the Thames Group of Artists. And they're a group of artists that uh, come from the area, you know, as, as the name suggests. And it was, I think, uh, two years ago when Kieran, Kieran O'Shea, who's one of, one of the members that 
uh, started up Junk Club. Uh, I mean, I should say, consequently, we've we've also done lots of um, You've worked with together. Kieran a lot, haven't you? Yeah. A lot. You know, uh, so we did a, an exhibition called Reverberate, Reverberation, and um, um, then I made a film about Koji Radical that Kieran uh, enabled, like he uh, art-directed, as well as, um, uh, you know, helped edit it as well. He's a great, great designer. Um, and so... But Kieran said, oh, you know, there's these, the Thames group of artists, they've asked if I'd be involved in this um, exhibition. And what, do you fancy getting involved? And so I was like, yeah, OK. And so what, what it is, it's, it's an exhibition that celebrates the, the life and lyrics of Ian Dury. So each um, member of the Thames group of artists has picked a track and then interpreted it through their own medium of art. And so there's all manner of different people involved in it. There's a lot of different artists. I mean, if you go to... I'll just, um, I'll just get their uh, email address. It's timsgroupartists.co.uk. So it's timsgroupartists.co.uk. Um, you'll, you'll be able to sort of uh, get an inkling of what it's all about. But Kieran and me collaborated on a particular track... Everyone did their own thing. We've made a book. It was all going to be this year, you see. We would be in amongst it now, but it's all been deferred into next year. The book, sure. is, the book is available to buy from the, from the site, but the exhibition itself is going to appear in five different galleries, and they've all been put into next year, so it is going to happen. It's going to start off in London at the Stash Gallery, which is over uh, you know, in East London, and it's going to open on the, the, the day... That um, is the twenty seventh of March is when um, Ian Dury actually died, mm-hmm. and so it will be like a celebration of his life on the day that he died. You know that's the plan. We was going to do it this year. That was going to be a day close to that day, but this one's actually going to be on the twenty seventh of, of of March. And so, uh, yeah, so so we, we've gone about doing our thing, and we actually shot it in uh, the railway hotel. And but I'm, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because it's uh, the, the the fun thing is that people are going to explore it and it's a bit of a, a a a teaser because when you look at people's art it might not necessarily uh, be immediately obvious what track it's referring to or or what it is but if you if you look at it and and have a think about it you might start to unpick or unravel uh, what it is we're trying to say. Dean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm really excited to go and have a look at that now. It, it, it's, it's, uh, but the book, the, the book is the book is available. They made a they made a sort of limited edition of hardback ones, and then there's going to be softback ones which are, are readily available at all those exhibitions. Um, but there's some really great work. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, Sir Peter Blake is involved in it. Uh, Humphrey Ocean is involved in it. Um, but, but there's there's so many artists uh, in, in, involved in it, and uh, each person or people sometimes collectively, uh, have got their own thing going on. So it can be like there's hat designers, photographers, people who make screen prints. Uh, there's so many. It's such a, a, a rich resource. And funnily enough, the fact is, because it didn't go on last year, it enables it to actually grow even more before it does happen yeah. next year. And already there's been um, certainly a couple of um, people who are coming into the project that wouldn't have been there 
before. Um, I should I should also hasten to say that um, uh, Ian's uh, you know wife Sophie uh, is involved in it, and Jemima, his daughter, is involved in it as well. And um, a friend of mine does a podcast, and he did a thing with Baxter Dury um, recently, and. <clears throat> so my friend's partner, we fo- we photographed her for for Kieran and my sort of part of it, and he kindly uh, showed Baxter the book, and so Baxter's really interested in it. Amazing. As well. So hopefully, I know he, I know I think he was aware of it initially in the first place anyway, but maybe he hadn't seen what had been created, and so hopefully, who knows? I mean, I'd love I'd love to. Uh, think that Baxter might be involved in it as well but I don't know if that's going to happen or not who knows I got to sit and and talk to him last year on here and Mm. uh, and he's a fascinating individual and uh, got a lot of time for his music I think his music's amazing Uh, unbelievable sweary (laughs) (laughs) no surprises (laughs) sweary it's good though isn't it I mean he's he's, he is great and 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 you know the more the more you look into to music, it's, it, is, it opens up all these doors. And so the other project that I did with Kieran, our reverberation one, is where we we wanted to do something around the, the 50th anniversary of uh, Sgt Pepper's Lonely Arts Club Band album. And it's that thing of, OK, we've heard it a million times, but have you really listened to it? And have you really thought about the music and what it is and so on and so forth? And, and so that's what we did for that project and it's it's fascinating when you start unpicking those things and and then trying to reflect them through your own the lens of your own medium it's not just going it's what we were saying before it's not just going okay it's obvious i'm going to do this it's like going okay but that's what that was that's the start of it but then we're going to take it into this other realm and i wonder if people are going to understand it and when we put that show on you were getting people walking around the room trying just literally trying to you know, coming up to us going, oh yeah, we've worked it out. We think we've got like all of them, but there's a couple we're not sure. It's like it's not, it's not really a, a kind of treasure hunt, but it's quite funny when you look at. You know, you well, Dean for track seven, uh, you can play DJ now. Uh, it's a song that many may not know that you would like them oh. to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. Now this one, this one is gonna like basically it's gonna knock people's socks off. Right, so uh, it's called it's called Mad Up, and it's by a band called well, I'm going to say KOG, but it's, I'm going to say it's Cog and the Zongo Brigade. Now, so Harris and me do our radio show, and uh, it's called Pull Up on Totally Wired Radio, and uh, I mean I. I I don't even know how I come across their music. It was probably one of those things that we were talking about earlier, just yeah. surfing around, finding stuff, and then thinking, what's this, what's that, what's this, what's that? And and I came across this record, and I just thought, wow, this is something else. Because So so I should say that like COG, or K-O-G, stands for uh, Quaco of Ghana. And this, so he's, he's, a, he's a guy that basically, he lives in Sheffield now, and um, a fo- force of nature, got to be said. And he's got together with... There's another guy called uh, Franz Von and then the, the Zongo Brigade, the, other band, the rest of the band. So they're based out of Sheffield. 
but they deliver this music and it fuses together. It's kind of like uh, West African rhythms. It's got uh, hip hop in there. It's got dance hall. It's got jazz, soul, funk. It's got it all thrown together. But but their songs often shift those gears as well. So you're listening to it, it's one thing, and then all of a sudden it starts off and it, it goes into something else and it takes you on a journey. But this one is super high octane. This is the record. This is going to blow your socks off. This is going to just, you're going to go, wow. There's going to be a lot, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people going, yeah, this is not a mod tune. <laughs> this is not, what's this about? I thought he was going to be talking about Northern Soul, and I thought he was going to be talking about uh, like obscure R and B all the time. But 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 it's being open minded. It's embracing all music, and it's going. I can see how all of this connects together. But this is once again going, like going back to the Johnny Sales stuff. It's unbridled passion. It's a, the delivery is energy. It's turn it up. Put your headphones on terrorise the neighbours put, put it on loud you know what I mean just like turn it up because that's what you've got to do um, but but you know Cog as, as he's got like there's another one called um, Onipa which is another project that he's got going on um, uh, I think uh, Franz Von's got other stuff going on they do stuff with like lots you know together as a collective but also individually as well and so um, there's a there's a, there's a French producer called Isem, or Ism. I think I always say it wrong. I'm not very good at saying things right. But uh, as a French producer, so uh, on, our, on our latest um, pull-up show, I played a bit of Cog and uh, Ism stuff anyway. But that's what I'm saying. So you, I listen to that, and then I find myself already, I'm transported into loads of different realms. And, you know, before the show, I sent him a message, you know, on, on Instagram, and I was just like... Look, I want to say the right thing. So he's, he's listening. I hope I'm saying the right thing. <laughs> he's probably, he's definitely listening in because, but, but honestly, I feel like this, this is great stuff. And there's, but there's, there's lots of other, there's lots of other music that's out there. You know, there's so many people that kind of give it the old, oh, there's no good music about it anymore. No, never. It was only, duh, never. Duh, duh. but there's so many people like that, you know. And it's just like, well, but when did you stop moving forward? When, yeah. Did your that's not you know let's not confuse this with thinking that you have to throw away all the stuff from the past. That's not what we're saying at all. It's about expanding. It's it's increasing your spectrum. It's enabling yourself to look up and enjoy everything that's out there. You don't have to say I don't like that anymore. I, I've only got a certain amount of capacity. It's like I love it all, and for different reasons. And I understand it all fits together. And the reason I like that, I understand why, is because it refers back to this that and the other and I can I can get it but you know so, so I mean the other stuff that I was going to talk about there's like Big AC Records just Abby, so Abby let, Farrell let's, let's, let's talk Big AC Records so Big AC Records um, I put out an episode of this podcast with Abby a couple of weeks mm. ago um, ah, there you go and uh, because I'm um, I, I imagine you know Nick as well then who set up yeah. Big AC from, from uh, New Street yeah. Adventure 
yep. who I guess it's a ve- it's a very small little clique that isn't it of 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 obviously they were signed to Acid Jazz and obviously I know that you you know you know Eddie and yeah and uh, Emma uh, and, Noble. And, and, and Emma Noble who also has been on here who spoke about you on the podcast as well and and then that whole little scene also ties into a, an amazing soul band from Essex called The Milk um, who yes. are, are an incredible Mitch band and, all, and, all, the gang. and, yeah, and yeah. all of the fellas over there it's a it's a lovely little gang that and uh, yeah and I've been you know really sort of privileged to be able to to chat to them all and yeah, uh, yeah. But, but that's but I think that's the, that is what a scene is you know when you think about let's even forget music if you think about the pre-Raphaelite art movement it's a it's a very small group of people doing stuff and then people get to hear about it mm. and then it becomes something it's like most movements mm. start with group small group of people and get get bigger like you know it gets bigger mm. so um the, so, Emma, the Emma Noble one was really strange, Dean. That that come about um, completely separate from uh, from from uh, reaching out to, to Nick. So I used to put on I used to put bands on at, um, at the, the the bedroom bar in uh, in Rivington Street, like New Street Adventures used to come and play for me quite a lot then. Hmm. And uh, again, through a, a just through knowing them through the milk and. Uh, and so that kind of happened via that, but the Emma Noble connection came completely from somewhere from different. Um, the actress Amanda Abington chose a record uh, uh, for the last track. She went, "I want you to listen to this. It's by an artist called oh. Emma Noble." And I was like, "All right, I'll go and have a listen." And I was like, "Fuck, that's really good." Yeah, yeah, really and, good. Uh, really I was good. like, "Right," and then I mean, she's a force of nature. She's, Absolutely. I mean, beyond cool. Like oh, that. absolutely! Such, but but you know, it has to be said with with all these people that you're talking about, they are genuine people. They are real, really nice, good people that mm. are trying to do good stuff. And this is not, you know, it's so easy to talk about things in retrospect. You know, when you hear these giant bands or whatever, they're going, "Oh yes, well, you know." Da, da, da. It's like, but but what we're talking about here is at the real raw face of music people creating stuff because they love it other people getting inspired by it and thinking wow i like that as well trying you know maybe trying to also help as well and i mean their talent is just coming up through the real genuine authentic channels and you know just going back to nick nick corbin for example big ac records is yes it's a record label that him and sophie have set up uh, sophie's wife has set up um and a great person in her own right, not just, you know, I'm not saying his wife, as a, you know what I'm saying? It's like Sophie and Nick set that up as a conduit to deliver great music to people because they see there is a, a gap for that music there. Um, Emma, same same thing. You know, she, Emma obviously uh, used to, she does done many things, great designer as well, actually, um, appeared in... Uh, Elaine Constantine's film um, Northern Soul. And oh, really? Yeah, she's she's you know she's in there did did the dancing and stuff like that as well. She's in in the crowd you know in the scenes and stuff. And also in my film Young Souls. Oh my God, she is, so, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So like, I... um, yeah, and um, but 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 so so she's got a genuine love for music, and then got together with uh, Sophie. So they they they. Um, you know, so it's a big, it's a big old kind of circle, really, when you think about it. Because Emma, you got together with Sophie. They did the Noble and Heath 
uh, you know, D, the DJ Noble and Heath sound machine, I think it was called mm-hmm. initially, and then uh, DJing. But at the same time, Emma would be doing um, backup vocals as well with New Street Adventure and Kami as well, another brilliant singer. Um, she was another great singer that was also doing stuff with New Street Adventure. And then Nick sort of changed up New Street Adventure, did his own thing. But but at that point, then Emma's been doing stuff. Uh, I think she did stuff with um, Adam, Adam Gibbons as well, did some stuff with him. And then, luckily, she's now got the kind of conduit to do her own music as well. There's a guy called uh, Frederick Ekanda, who is a... a a, a guy who has really helped in that process as well, and I think that the the future is really bright for for them. And also, I should have men- should mention: Have you ever spoken to Irena um, Mantini as well? I, I have, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that 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 came about um, through. Jags Kuna of uh, oh, yeah. uh, who produces uh, her music, and uh, oh. I, I, I'm friends with Jags, and and he said you should speak to uh, Irena, and I was like, and I remember seeing there is an episode where I talked to Irena from again from from quite a way back. Um, I mean, her backstory, like her parents, and it's unbelievable. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a great episode that one actually. I didn't didn't expect that because I stumbled across Irena. They done like a TV kind of talent show thing, and for like bands on like Sunday TV in the very late nineties, and she was in a band called Mancini, and oh. and they won it. And oh. and I remember just like just thinking, who's this beautiful girl, like that is is, is fronting this band, and uh, and then yeah, fast forward however many years, and Jags went. I've just been working with this this girl, yeah, and uh, and then yeah, met up with her in in Shoreditch to record it, and um, again, stunningly beautiful, beyond cool, you know, just just looks super cool, and, and just got that. That retrospective sound, the production that Jags does on on a, and the current singles getting some really good love on uh, Six Music yeah. at the moment, and yeah. Uh, yeah, just a wonderful person, like, absolutely yeah. wonderful person. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and and it extends way back as well into so far as her father, you know, phot- photographed uh, and was playing with Bowie, mm. uh, uh, you know, and uh, all that sort of stuff. But also, I see him back in South End as well. You know, occasionally we, you know, so he's he's down that way. You know, oh, he lives really? In, he lives in Southend now. Ah. And 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 it, and it all kind of fits back round together as well because, you know, she's kind of related to uh, Reese from the Horrors as well and things like this. Oh, really? So there is there is this kind of like big old connection. Um, so, but but what I'm trying to say is that these this music is coming out by people, you know. Just going, just going back to Cog as well. You know, it's like people doing it because they love doing it. There's no, there's no retrospective. Oh yeah, this was before our platinum album business. This is like the raw edge of it all. We're doing this, and it's going to happen, and that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's nothing's going to stop them. And so, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's another, there's, okay, coal mine records. 
there's another I, I kind of uh, come across them on Bandcamp they just put out the most amazing stuff from New York and uh, the Harlem uh, Gospel um, Travellers a great band constantly putting out stuff the Ghost Funk Orchestra they just put a, an album out by them that is an incredible album really really like uplifting uh, modal kind of spiritualised jazz sort of vibes going on with that one um, now I know yeah. you've got a load of notes I, I know you make oh, notes and I'm, I'm loving the notes, fact man. that you've made notes Dean what I'll ask you to do is um, can you send me over some websites for some of these um, labels mm. and such and then when we put the biography up so when people listen to this and they read yeah. a little bio attached to it they can click through and go and explore these artists and labels as well I'll add yeah, that to there if, no, you can, uh, if you can send that over Dean I mean I, I, and I think that there's, that's the thing it's like this, this moment that we've got this international, global network of music that comes out via digital airwaves. I mean, I'm listening to radio sh- radio stations from all over, you know, I mean, New York especially, I have to say. There's there's definitely a, a couple out there that I, I think are really great. And But it just un- unlocks all this music. And then trying to, you know, form it through my own filter and then bring it back to other people in, in some sort of way. But, you know... Yeah, and and it all informs the visual size as well. You know, it's all it all feeds everything. It's 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 like a big circle. It's cyclical, yeah. cyclical in that in that way. You know, so, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, blimey. <laughs> so, yeah. So, do you, have you ever heard of Jocks and Nerds magazine? Of course. So um, there's going to be another one coming out very soon. Yeah. So it basically stopped for a while, and then. Uh, the editor Marcus Agamon Ross, um, he bought, he basically stopped it, and but there was such a, a kind of request for another one. He, he did, he did want no advertising whatsoever, and he he put one out. It was very, very, very um, much loved, and he's going to put another one out. And I think, I think, I might be wrong, but I think it's going to be coming out, popping out in sort of December time. That's exciting. And, and uh, I mean, I've, I've done about five five shoots in there, and uh, like you know, Norman Norman J MBE, um, Philip Diggle, Steve Diggle from the, the Buzzcocks, his brother, who is a mate. He's he's just I don't know if you ever seen his painting, Philip Diggle. Have you ever? No. It's it's oh wow. So on YouTube, there's a couple of uh, YouTube films. Um, it goes under the name of Luxury. And you'll you'll get a flavour for what he's like. He's he's far out, man. He's like he's the real deal. And uh, there's another guy from over in like uh, France called Reeve Schumacher, who's brilliant. He does stuff with album covers, cuts up stuff. It's mad. He makes records. He's an interesting guy, man. He's you should maybe speak to him because he he basically gets records and cuts them, scores them, and then he he he's got a very particular system, and then he plays them like techno records, but it's relying on the scratches on the records. As to where it goes? It, yeah, so he'll set up these repetitive scratches. And then he'll play another one. Wow. And then he plays them live through reverb and all sorts of stuff. It's insane, but that's just one aspect of what he does. He's, he's, a, he's great, you know. He's, uh, I met him out in Arles. He's, his partner runs a gallery. He puts his stuff into the gallery and stuff, and it's like... I, he, he's meticulous. He spends like days and weeks on certain things, just cutting little bits of paper up, and makes these gigantic 
kind of collages out of stuff and whatnot and things and stuff. So, but anyway, and the Tuppany Bunters, they're in it as well. And so is, is a fashion story as well. But uh, I'm not going to bang on too much, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's a magazine that has no advertising in it. Jocks and Nerds, it's done for the love, um, but it contains really good stuff and it'll be coming out soon. Wonderful. Dean Chalkley, I knew this would be a lovely chat and it's always lovely to catch up with you. And you, do you know what? The very first time that you come to the toothbrush and we recorded the, 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 the first podcast, I walked out of there feeling completely inspired and, and it's infectious, your, 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 your passion and, 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 you know, for the arts. And, and it's been exactly the same today. Like, I feel wow. absolutely fired up and, uh, and inspired. Um, Dean, thank you so much, mate. Well, thanks, thanks, Stu, and thanks for listening, everyone. If, if, if anyone's still there at the end of this talk, <laughs> but you know, you know, peace and love and all that, and uh, let's just try and bring this all this whole world together, man. This is what we need to do now. So, Absolutely. But th- thank, thanks, everyone, man, and, and uh, Stu, thanks for asking me again. I do appreciate it. There you go, two part, two hours, two hours of ace chat uh, with an ace guy. And, uh, and the chat carried on for another hour after that as well, just uh, having a catch-up and, and just talking about great music, great films, uh, great bands. And it's just, yeah, he's one of my favourite people to talk to, Dean, as, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, because uh, we didn't struggle for chat there. And, uh, and I hope you got as much joy out of listening as, uh, as I did uh, talking to, to Dean. Right, I'm back next time. In the meantime, um, head over to the, the archives and see what other episodes you might want to check out uh, from the 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 the, the back catalogue of 200 plus episodes and there's another extra 200 episodes over on the patreon page uh, if you'd like to support this podcast you can find out about all of it at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com i'm back next time thanks dean uh, and thank you to to you lovely lot for listening and supporting i'll see you next time bye-bye i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, They've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping see what you like throw it in the basket and then on the way out put in the discount code BEAT15 B-E-A-T-1-5 and that'll save you 15% off
Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.